Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Emotionally Online with your host, the sexiest, most effortlessly lovable woman in the world, Maddie Drosbeck. <laughs> I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep that. I'm pretty sure I said that last week too. I'm gonna keep saying that. Maybe it's one of those things that, like, the more you say it, the more it like becomes true. It already is true, but if I keep saying it even more, then I'm just gonna gain more power. You know, <laughs> it's also funny because I've actually had a shisa week when it comes to body image. No reason. It just is one of those weeks. I think it's probably a mixture of like scrolling through fat phobic content on TikTok randomly. Like TikTok is fun. The for you page is fun, but like it's a gamble, right? It's a mental health gamble being on that app because I'm scrolling and I go from watching like funny little videos and then all of a sudden it's like some size two being super fat phobic and I'm like god damn it fuck <laughs> and it's like in the moment I don't feel super bothered by it I'm just like Ugh, gross and scroll but that weighs on you you know if throughout the week you have to come across multiple pieces of content that are fat phobic and you're a fat person and you just have to subconsciously consume all this stuff throughout the week it's like a lot it's heavy and it weighs on you on top of the fact that I also receive fat phobic comments directed towards me personally on a daily basis so yeah I've had a week <laughs> I'm used to it I'm fine but yeah not sure that I really do feel like the sexiest, most lovable girly in the world this week. But that's why we're here today to have a little sleepover and rejuvenate ourselves. Make ourselves feel a little better. Just have a little girly talk. Mm. Speaking of shitty things on TikTok, though. Um, that TikTok of that plastic surgeon ripping apart Natalia Dyer's face. What? the fuck was that I <laughs> have been thinking about it ever since I saw that it was one of those videos that I watched it and I was like yo this person is so far removed from reality if you haven't seen this video uh basically it was a plastic surgeon that is on TikTok and they made a video looking at Natalia Dyer the actress that plays Nancy on Stranger Things looking at her face and picking it apart and being like, if I was Natalia Dyer, these are the plastic surgeries that I would recommend her to get. If I was her surgeon, this is what I would tell her to do to fix her fucking face. Unreal, unfucking real that anybody in their sick, twisted brain is like, you know what would be good content to make this week? A video targeting this random celebrity that did nothing to no one, who is gorgeous, right as she is in this moment, and give her unsolicited advice of what surgeries that I would give her if I was her. Now, I'm sure Natalia Dari doesn't give a single fuck. She's gorgeous. She makes her money. 
I'm sure she doesn't give a single shit about this random woman on TikTok. Though I'm also sure that it hurts if she did end up seeing it or hearing about it. Like, even if you don't really give a shit or know that it's like, oh, I'll just roll my eyes, whatever. Like, there's still a level of it's like, why would you do that? Why would anyone do this? Like, I feel like that's how I feel sometimes where I'm like, you know, the words you said didn't hurt me, but now I'm just enraged that there are people out there that like log onto the internet every day and think this is okay. Like, it makes me mad that that's the world we live in. When I see those types of posts online of a, you know, plastic surgeon picking apart why this celebrity should change their features because XYZ about their current features are undesirable. I always think about the young girls who share those features with Natalia Dyer. What are they supposed to think when they see this plastic surgeon saying, if you have these features, you should change them to XYZ features. It just makes me sad. Um, And like, I don't know. I think about the whole debacle of plastic surgery quite a lot. Um, I'd like to have a full conversation on it, but I think about it because it feels like a point of conflict for me in my brain in terms of my values. Um, I know where I sit on it, but it does sometimes, I don't know, confuse my brain a little bit to think about. I think where I sit is I believe that everyone should have autonomy over their own body. I think everyone gets to make their own decisions about what happens with their body. If you want to get surgery, if you don't, if you want to get filler, if you don't, if you want to get Botox, if you don't, like I think that's always up to the individual and I'm never going to shame someone for wanting to change their bodies. It is your body. You can do what you want with it. Um, I also feel sad in a way, I don't know, some people might not agree with me on this, but at at the root of it all, wanting to get plastic surgery comes from insecurity. Um, Some people might just say, oh, well, I like this better. I'm of the school of belief that our desires and things that we think are attractive and not attractive those things don't come out of nowhere we aren't just born being like this is hot and this isn't like those are things that we're taught throughout our lives and so the things that we don't like about ourselves I think that we were taught to dislike those things it's a product of the world the culture the people that we grew up around uh how we were raised to believe certain features lie on like the the attractiveness scale um because if things were different if we lived in a different world that valued different things that had a different standard of beauty people would ask for different things from plastic surgeons but they don't there are similar things that people ask for from plastic surgeons you know we can go through the list of what people want they want bigger lips they want smaller noses smaller bodies they want curves flat stomach um no double chin if you're a woman you know, whatever the list goes on. The fact that everybody wants those things and those are the types of surgeries you're seeing, they don't come out of nowhere, right? These are the beauty standards that are being taught to us. So when I see someone that wants to get a ton of plastic surgery, there is part of me that feels bad for them. And I also feel like understanding of them as well, because in another world, that could be me. I have struggled with my body image my entire life. I went one path with that 
struggling with my body image turned into me pushing myself into radical self-love and really working on my inner self so that I could love my outer self. You know, that is not the path that everyone gets to go on. I was in a position of privilege to even be able to explore that within myself. A lot of times people don't want to have to live in a body that feels like a protest, if that makes sense. People want to just live in a body where they can sit back and be like, like people don't want to be an icon. People don't want to be an inspiration. People just want to feel comfortable. Um, And unfortunately, I think that's like a, a large reason why people end up getting plastic surgeries and altering their bodies because there is an immense pressure to look one certain way. We are taught very rigid ideals of what is attractive and what's not. And at the end of the day, people just want to be happy. They just want to feel comfortable. And for a lot of people, the quickest and most seamless route to that, to feeling peace, to feeling happiness is to change their bodies, to get plastic surgery. I'm never going to judge someone for that because I get it. It's fucking hard. And it does feel like if you decide to go the route of radical self-love, you do sort of sign yourself up to being like the inspiration, the, you know, like you're going to live the rest of your life fighting for people to see you as just as attractive and like worthy of respect as everyone else. That's how it feels for me sometimes. I think that's something that I think about a lot where I am so grateful to my past self that this was how it ended up for me. But I think about a lot how it it really could have gone a different way. Like I used to be a very different person. (laughs) I struggled deeply with my self-image, especially when I was in high school. I had an eating disorder. I hated myself. Um, There are times where I look back and remember parts of my childhood and I'm like, how are you the way you are now? Like, it actually doesn't make sense to me that I'm so comfortable with myself because I know, I know that there was a world where that didn't happen. There could have been a world where I hated myself forever and I stayed sick forever and I would have had to change myself in order to feel even a moment of happiness and comfort in my body. So when the topic of plastic surgery comes up, I'm always like, I think that everyone should do what they want and I don't think that we should judge people for getting plastic surgery done because it's a very emotional thing and just because a lot of us have learned to be comfortable in our bodies and are comfortable fighting against beauty standards. I have empathy for the fact that there are a lot of people that don't want to do that or don't have the strength to do that. Um, And at the end of the day, like everyone just wants to feel some sort of peace in themselves, some sort of comfort in their bodies. We have to live in this body. We only get one, right? And so some people, they just want to make their time in this body a little less miserable. And I get it because it is sometimes fucking miserable to have a body. I, I fucking do understand it and I get it. But there is an aspect of plastic surgery that will always feel bad. So that's where the conflict part comes in for me because I'm like, I think everyone should do what they want with their bodies and everyone should shut the fuck up about it. But also, I do have an issue with, like, the normalization of plastic surgeries. 
(laughs) and I don't think it's helping that we're all able to log on to social media and see people vlogging their BBL experiences and I just don't think uh, it I don't think it's good. I don't think it's good for young people to consume content like that. Um, I think that seeing other people get plastic surgeries makes other people feel like they have to get it too. Uh, it's no one's fault, right? This is why it's complicated. It's no one's fault, but like it also just sucks and I hate it. It feels so conflicting to me and it sometimes stresses me out to think about and just makes me sad because. I mean, sometimes even I'll have moments where I'm, if I'm feeling super insecure, someone said something to me where I'm like, you know what? I wish that I could just get XYZ a surgery, change this about myself and have everyone shut the fuck up for the rest of my life. (laughs) I think about that sometimes. I would never do it. I would never get any plastic surgery. I would never get filler. I would never get Botox. I don't want to get any work done Um, because I, number one, I mean, oh God, not to start me going on a tangent, but number one, I think that aging is beautiful. I want to look 50 when I'm 50. I want to look 60 when I'm 60. Like I want to have fine lines and wrinkles and to show the life that I've lived on my face. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that getting older is a beautiful thing and I don't need to look like I'm 25 forever. I'm 25 right now and that's super fun. But I'm not going to look like this forever, and that's okay, and I don't need to. Um, On top of that, I feel like being someone that has struggled with my body image throughout my whole life, uh, getting plastic surgery, I think, would fuck with my brain a lot. Uh, Even getting filler or Botox would fuck with my brain a lot. I think I've put in a lot of work to be good, and to have good self-esteem, and to be kind to myself, and I think I would confuse myself by getting plastic surgery. It doesn't align with my values or my morals. You know, I am a firm believer that there is no one-size-fits-all image of what beautiful is or means. Um, I don't want to feed into the idea that there is one thing that is beautiful, Even when I look at the parts of myself where I'm like, oh my God, it would be so much easier if this was different about me. I recognize that those thoughts and feelings don't come from me. They are taught and I, it is important to me. It is a value of mine that I actively fight against that and that I work on not only truly believing, but prioritizing the idea that I am beautiful and my body is fine as it is right now. I don't need to change anything about myself in order to increase my value as a person. On top of the fact that I just think that it is a beautiful thing to look different from other people and to look like you. Um, It feels so much better to me. It like sits better in my heart. It makes me feel more comforted and happy to find happiness, to find um, like excitement in being who you are and showing up as you are, looking whatever you look like. So at the end of the day, like I would never do it, but I also get it because I have had moments where I'm like, God, it would be so much easier if I could just change this about myself. 
But I also think that the normalization of plastic surgeries and the way that people are so willy nilly about them online, it sometimes does make me feel like, uh (laughs) we're all contributing to this. I like start to freak out about young women, like teenagers. I just remember how hard it was and how shitty I felt growing up as a preteen teen when I first started dealing with body image issues. And now it's like so much worse with, you know, how social media has developed in the last 10, 15 years. Like, it is so much worse now than it was when I was a kid. And it was bad when I was a kid. You know, we all look back on the early 2000s and we're like, God, it was so bad back then. The early 2000s birthed eating disorders an entire generation of young women. And it did. And there was a lot of fat phobic shit going around in the early 2000s. And we can sit here now and look back at all that and be like, that was so awful. How did, how did we get, how did we let, you know, those magazines get away with that. All of the hot or not lists posting fucking Jessica Simpson up on a beach looking super hot and super normal and saying that she was like a beached whale. How did we let tabloids get away with this? We look back now and we think it's so ridiculous. And I think, give it some time, but in a few years, we're going to look back on the way social media is right now and we're going to be like, how the fuck weren't people calling this out? How the fuck were people okay with this? (laughs) So yeah, I'm not suggesting that either way is good or bad, or I'm not suggesting any solutions here either, because it is complicated and it makes me feel conflicted. On the one hand, I'm like, we shouldn't be telling anybody what they can or cannot do with their own bodies. Um, It's a hard fucking life out here. It's a hard world. If people want, people just want to feel happy and comfortable in their bodies and you know, only they can decide what is best for them. I'll worry about myself. You worry about you. But I also feel like a, an immense wave of distress and panic at the thought of a, an entire generation of young women growing up seeing plastic surgery be so normalized, not only in celebrities, but in random people on social media as well. That makes me feel really hopeless and sad because I'm like, this is not good. This is not going to have good effects on each other and yes I I get that some people are like people just want to be happy and comfortable in their bodies but also at what cost is this happening you know what I mean like what 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 are we teaching young women when we refuse to I don't know you know what I mean it's just as hard it uh it feels so difficult for me to even reckon with inside my own brain because I have empathy for those people and I want everyone to be happy in their bodies. I don't think that everyone needs to be a role model. I don't think everyone needs to set an example. But yeah, it it does overwhelm me. The amount that plastic surgery has become like part of life. And maybe I'm just realizing this now because I'm in my 20s and more people around my age that I know are getting plastic surgeries or Botox, filler. But I also feel like there's been an uptick in those surgeries because of the Kardashians in the last 5-10 years. So, yeah. 
Those are my complicated thoughts on plastic surgeries. <laughs> All because of a TikTok I saw about Natalie Natalia Dyer. Natalie Dyer? Natalia Dyer. Um, other thing that I saw on social media this week that I thought was interesting sparked some thoughts for me. Um, Drew Afuelo of TikTok fame, who I love, thinks she is so fucking funny. And honestly, I love anyone who drags misogynistic men. Love it. Live for it. I want to pay your bills. (laughs) She tweeted something like two days ago that had quite a few people up in arms towards her, which I thought was wild and very interesting. And I wanted to talk about it. So Drew recently adopted a puppy, I guess. Her boyfriend got her a puppy and she tweeted about it. And I guess people were mad at her for getting a puppy. I don't know. The internet will internet. They'll draw conclusions about where the dog came from and if they were adopted or purchased or, you know, whatever. People will do what they're going to do. Draw conclusions, make assumptions, and then judge you based off of the conclusions and assumptions that they made. So something like that happened. Don't know the exact details of it. And Drew tweeted, as someone who grew up with so many animals, being in my new home with this incredibly stressful job and no animal, my brain has been so sad. My boyfriend knew this and got me a puppy we've wanted for so long and I was so emotional. I tweeted about it and the internet makes it so rotted, LMAO. And then a ton of people responded being like, stressful job, you're an influencer. Shut the fuck up. So let's unpack this. Drew then responded to one of the people saying stressful job and said, oh, yes, I forgot a job where millions of people critique how I live slash breathe mean job, not stressful job, easy job makes men threaten to kill me every day because they don't like the things I say job, not stressful job, relaxing. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Let's get into this, babes. I find it interesting yet not surprising at all that people would get up in arms at Drew in a passing tweet saying that her job is stressful, which it is. Um, Yeah, it's not surprising just with the general attitudes that people have towards influencers and content creators, some of which is justified. However... This criticism of like, if you're a creator, if you're an influencer, you are never allowed to be stressed or sad or angry or unhappy. It's kind of ridiculous. And it's easier for me to see how ridiculous it is when I'm looking at other people. Because even I have had moments where, you know, people will write me nasty comments and I'll, you know, I'll spend days crying about this set of mean comments that I read me a few weeks ago. Um, talked about this in, at the end of one of my blogs, but I had had like a rough time because of some mean comments for a few days. And I felt so guilty about being so sad. I felt so guilty about being like, this is so emotionally exhausting. Like I just laid on my couch for three days because I couldn't deal with these nasty things that people were writing about me and I felt guilty for it because I was like but everyone says that this job is so easy I have the easiest job in the world I'm not allowed to be upset this is such a privilege to have this job and it is 
but just because something is a privilege doesn't mean it comes without cons and doesn't mean that you're not allowed to be sad. It's like the idea of like, just because there are people who have it worse doesn't mean that you aren't allowed to feel sad about your current situation. Um, I get that it's champagne problems, but they're still problems and you're allowed to feel stressed or sad about them. Um, I guess looking at myself and starting this from my own experience, I, well, for starters, I don't really use the word influencer to describe me or what I do. It's not what I use to describe my job because it doesn't feel like an accurate job title, accurate job description. I prefer to say that I am a YouTuber or a content creator because influencer to me is like a synonym for salesperson. And while yes, part of being a creator is sales because this is how you make money is working with brands and being able to monetize your creativity. It's a beautiful, amazing thing. Part of the job will always be influencing audiences, generating sales for brands that you hopefully enjoy, though there are people on the internet that just promote fucking whatever. Um, But hopefully it is, you know, you get to partner with brands that you love, promote brands that you love and genuinely enjoy working with. They get a financial gain from that. You get to continue making your fun little videos. That's the ideal situation, right? Um, While part of the job is always going to be that, the main part of the job for me is always going to feel like it is creating. It's making videos. My main job isn't to sell things, isn't to influence people, right? I've been making videos for 12 years, so that plays a part here. I've been doing this for 12 years. I was making videos before the idea of an influencer was even really a thing. I was making YouTube videos before AdSense was a thing on YouTube. I have been making videos for a long time, long before you could make a career out of it, right? So I would be doing this if I made no money from it. I was doing it for a decade without making money from it. I only started making money off YouTube in the last year and a half. So I don't know, to me, I guess it almost feels wrong to call myself an influencer or at least to use that as my main title. Obviously, I am an influencer. (laughs) You can call me an influencer. It's not like a negative term, (laughs) but it doesn't feel like the accurate main term to use because my main job is and always will be making videos, creating content, being creative. That's what I've done my whole life. That's why I do this. That's why people like me. That's why they watch my videos. The brands that I work with don't dictate what my content is or what I say or what I do. Um, They, you know, they pay for a 60 second spot in my video. I give them their 60 seconds and then the rest is totally up to me. They have no say or input in the rest of my content. So it feels like a small portion of my job is being an influencer and the rest is being creative and having fun with editing and concepting and shooting. And it feels like my job is to be creative. So I tend to call myself a YouTuber or a content creator before I will ever call myself an influencer. I feel like content creator and YouTuber feel like neutral terms to me, right? They're like job descriptions. Influencer is like a slur. <laughs> I'm joking, but do you know what I mean? Like it, it there's negative connotations associated with the word influencer. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I get where the anger comes from. Um, this is an easy job. 
It is. Objectively, this is the easiest job I've ever had. Not because it doesn't take hard work or skill, but because this is the most fun job I've ever had. I always say to my friends that I have a fake job. Um, like I'll, we're trying to make plans and I'll be like, when are you around? I'm like, I'm around whenever I have a fake job. So you tell me when you're around <laughs> cause I'm here, I'm chilling. And I say that I have a fake job, not because what I do isn't hard work. What I do is hard work and it takes a specific type of person to do well with this kind of job. Um, but at the end of the day, this is my hobby. This is the thing I love. This is what I did on the weekends when I had a full-time job. So yeah, it's hard work. I put a lot into it. It's a job, but this is also my favorite thing to do in the world. So it doesn't really feel like work. So yeah, it is very easy in that sense. It is fun. It is enjoyable. It doesn't feel like work. It's not a job in that way. And that's why it's easy. Um, but these people aren't wrong when they say that being an influencer or being a content creator is an easy gig. It is an easy gig. It's such a privilege to have this job, to be in this position. It is incredible to be able to work for yourself, to set your own hours, to make a living being yourself and having fun and being creative. It's the dream. It's fucking incredible. It is such an immense privilege to be able to do this as a job. You're right. You are absolutely on the money. Correct. With that said, I don't think that it is helpful or productive to tell people that they are not allowed to be stressed at their jobs, whatever their job is. Um, I also don't think it's helpful or productive to play the stress Olympics with people. I'm more stressed out than you are. My life is harder than yours is. Fuck you. You don't get to say anything. <laughs> like, I just don't think it's helpful. I don't think we need to constantly be in competition with each other to see whose life sucks more. Um, I don't think that it is, I don't know. I don't think it's helpful or useful to play a game of comparison here. Um, obviously being an influencer is a lot easier than a lot of other jobs. Fucking obviously. (laughs) Does that mean that there are no downsides to pursuing a career in the public eye? Of course not. I don't know. It feels strange to me because I'm like, I think the reasons why people say that being a content creator, being an influencer is stressful. Like anyone would think that it was stressful. Number one reason why people say that being a creator is stressful is because it is really difficult to read through thousands of opinions about you on a daily basis. That is mentally difficult. It's emotionally draining. Um, You don't know what it feels like until it happens and you're reading through all of these people's opinions about you, most of which are wrong. (laughs) You have to read through thousands of people making assumptions about you, drawing conclusions about you that are oftentimes incorrect, giving you unsolicited advice that doesn't even make sense because it doesn't apply because they're reading you incorrectly. (laughs) Like that's frustrating. That's stressful. Um, having people send you death threats, having people try to find your location, stalk you being in the public eye and being a public figure in any way, you're, you, you're attracting attention, right? A lot of that is going to be good. A lot of that is going to be so great. People are going to really connect with your content. They're going to really connect with you. 
you'll be able to do what you love to do for a living because so many people are watching you and connecting with what you're doing. That's amazing. That's any creator's goal with creating things. But with all the good attention is, you know, it's going to bring negative attention as well. You'll have stalkers. You'll have people who are super fucking invasive that do things and act in ways that are totally inappropriate uh, because they feel like they know you or maybe they just fucking hate you. (laughs) Um, You'll have to read nasty comments about yourself. You have to read assumptions about yourself, assumptions about people you love. You'll have to think twice before bringing your friends onto your social media pages, tagging your parents or your siblings out of fear of what people are going to do or say to them. It turns into, you know, this big thing of like having to protect yourself and also having to protect the people around you, um, wanting to stay connected to your communities and, you know, comment back to people and read through your DMs, but also wanting to protect your mental health because there's some nasty shit in there. It is stressful. Objectively, that is stressful. That would stress anyone out. Um, there's no reason to be up in arms because a content creator is saying, yeah, it's fucking difficult to have death threats from a bunch of dudes every other day because they hate me and I can't deal with it and it's mentally and emotionally draining. Anybody would be stressed out by that. But I, you know, most of what people say in this department is not a reflection of like if the stress is truly valid or not and more a reflection of like people are so unsatisfied and upset and stressed out in their own lives that hearing about an influencer's stress is like shut the fuck up which I get it (laughs) I don't not understand that I think that's also a valid reaction but I think feeling that way and keeping it inside or maybe reflecting with friends and therapists is one thing (laughs) and I think feeling that way and taking it out on people and being like you're not allowed to be stressed because I'm stressed I think that's inappropriate I think it's it's less about the feeling itself and more about the action that that feeling triggers people to take um I get why if you're really stressed out and unsatisfied in your own life you hearing an influencer be like I'm stressed out would trigger you to be like shut the fuck up I get it, dude. But also, before you yell at that person and say, fuck you, you're not allowed to be stressed out because I'm stressed out, reflect. Also, just because Drew is saying, yes, I'm stressed out, this job is stressful, nowhere in her tweet did she say, my job is the most stressful job in the world. I have it worse than everyone else. Like, that's additional information that you are adding in. She's allowed to say her job is stressful. It is. Every job is stressful. For different reasons, pros and cons. This job has a lot of pros, but it also has some cons. So let her be stressed about those cons. Why are you yelling? (laughs) In response to what was happening with Drew on Twitter, uh, Hello Teffy tweeted a little thread that I also thought was great. So I'm going to read it. She says, I saw people tear up my friend Drew for saying being an influencer is stressful. I want to talk about that. I have been doing pop culture commentary for years and I feel so lucky to have brands and other sponsorships because they like my content. But when I meet new people and they ask what I do, their faces do kind of change when I say content creator because they know I mean influencer and influencers are seen as fake and spoiled and obnoxious. You know it. I know it. 
The word influencer kind of implies like I am telling people what's cool because I'm cool and I don't do that, I think, but it's for sure implied. When I was able to support myself and the people around me because of brand support, I had to face the dreaded engagement rate. The engagement rate is basically what brands and other companies want to see the most because that shows how much people actually fuck with you. So we have to read comments. We have to read DMs. I personally want to invest and support my community and I need money for that. Most content creators I know want to do things outside of content and we need money. So we work with brands to support ourselves, but also our dreams. It's a game, but it's a game that depends on being likable and remaining relevant and creative. And at the end of the day, we have to read what everyone thinks about us. It's not a normal experience. I think everyone wants to be liked in their office for the most part. I didn't, I just didn't think my office would ever be a one way mirror. I am not saying being an online presence is the hardest job, but it is a job that involves a lot of self-reflection and can feel lonely. I do know, however, that everyone is always looking for real people to love and support. The internet is constantly trying to get a gotcha out of everyone. Out of all the fakes, if there's one person that takes trolls on the chin and keeps it moving, it's her. Being a real ass bitch on the internet is not carefree. Just ask the trolls with the cartoon profile pictures. Everyone wants a real person to follow until they call an ugly man ugly for being ugly and ugly hearted to go off ugly (laughs) and I thought that was perfect I thought that was spot on um in general I do find the disdain that people have for content creators interesting um again I see where some of it comes from because you have like the Jake Pauls of the internet that are always gonna give people a bad look on one end of the spectrum and then there's the other end of the spectrum where you have these like carbon copy Instagram and TikTok influencers that are just like shilling makeup products to you every other week always a new brand always a new product so you have people on one spectrum like the Jake Pauls and Logan Pauls that will do fucking anything for views. They have no like moral code or boundaries or values. They will do fucking anything for fame. These people are motivated by fame and money. And then you have people on the other side of the spectrum that are not nearly as like outwardly egregious as people like Logan and Jake Paul are, but they will be sort of Uh, there's like a subtle kind of ickiness there of like constantly shoving a new lipstick in your face every other day of the week that all looks the fucking same just to sell a product to make a check. There's like, there are icky and evil aspects and pockets of this career as I think there are with lots of other careers, but, and maybe I'm an optimist, (laughs) but I will always see myself as a YouTube fan before I am a YouTuber myself. So this is where my perspective comes from. (laughs) There are so many cool people on the fucking internet. There are so many people who are genuinely just fucking random creative weird kids that logged online, made an account one day and got a following from it. I think a lot of the internet is that. They are random people who got bored, didn't have friends in high school, made a YouTube account, started making videos and built an entire new world and friend group on the internet because they didn't have it in real life. There are so many people on social media that are so inspiring and creative and genuinely give a shit about making content and like making stuff of value and leaving their audience with stuff to sit with and think about and wanting to make sure that they are doing the best 
for the people that follow them because they understand what a privilege this job is. I think there are a lot of creators that are like that. Um, maybe I've always just had a soft spot for it because I've always been a creator myself, but I've always thought that the internet and content creators on the internet were so amazing and that it was like such a special and cool thing to see celebrity being put back in the hands of the general public basically. And now anybody can achieve celebrity status. Anybody can influence a mass audience and it doesn't have to be reserved just for big Hollywood stars and nepotism babies. I think that's so cool. And like, I think back to when I was in high school and I was struggling with my body image. I think that the main reason why I ended up the way I am now is because of content creators, because I was so influenced by people on the internet. I got to hear so many different perspectives. I got to find people who looked like me and who felt the same way that I did and connect with people that made me feel like I was truly less alone and that gave me the confidence to say, you know what? No, I'm cool just as I am. I'm so badass. Like, I don't know that I would have had that experience. I don't know that I would be like this if I was just a little bit older, you know, like I have seen the internet as being such like an escape and a safe space my whole life. And I've been so like amazed with the power of social content creators and how cool I think everyone is. I've always enjoyed social media content more than I enjoyed movies and TV. Like this has always been my favorite thing in the world. And so, yeah, I always have felt a little like mm, at the disdain that people have for creators, because I think a lot of it is like uh, assumptions about creators as a whole based on a few select creators that give everybody a bad name and a bad rep. With that said, though, I think there are aspects of this career as a whole that have some darkness to them, objectively. Um, I'd love to dive deeper into that conversation with some of my creator friends because I feel like it'd be interesting to sort of bounce back and forth off people. But yeah, there are definitely aspects of the career in general that are kind of icky that I don't like. Um, but also you get to choose which aspects you participate in and which you don't. I think there's a lot to be said about how the world of influencing contributes to overconsumption. Uh, there's a lot to be said about the the bad parts of this career path as a whole. But we're not even going to get into that because I'll, I'll be here all day. <laughs> but anyways, point of me saying all that was just to say that like as a YouTube fan, as uh, a lover of many internet creators, I always feel a little sad when people are, I don't know, they have like such a disdain for content creators because I just think that there are so many cool people online that have more pull, more influence than major Hollywood celebrities do and how cool that is. Like not to be all like, oh, the internet, but like oh, the internet. It's so cool sometimes. <laughs> like I just, I don't know. I'll always be a YouTube lover, a YouTube lover at heart, a YouTube stan. I just love internet creators. I do. I fucking do. I'm sorry. I love them. 
not even talking about the fact that I am also one of them, but I just love the general world and universe of YouTube creators. I love the drama. I love the not drama. I love how creative people are and how fun people are and how, I don't know, it gives me hope. Like in a, in a world where I do feel a lot of desperation sometimes of like, oh my God, young girls are growing up with XYZ and how can we help them? And how can we make it easier? And how can we make it so that young people don't have to grow up and hate themselves for who they are? And ah, doom and gloom, worrying about how <laughs> how we're going to fix things. There is some aspect of social media that gives me so much hope because there are so many fucking cool people on social media that these little girls, you know, in small towns across America, they would never get to know who this person is. They would never get to hear their perspective, their point of view. And now they that's going to change someone's world you know, and that's so cool. And that's profound to me. So anyways, sort of went on a tangent there of why I am frustrated with people's disdain for content creators, because I do think there's so much good on the platform. Um, but going back to what was happening with Drew on Twitter this week. Yeah. Very interesting that people are so up in arms about a content creator saying that the job is stressful objectively it is stressful I just don't think that playing the stress olympics with people is helpful people used to do that all the time in college I'm more stressed out than you are I have more to do than you do maybe you do okay who cares we're not here to compete we can both be stressed about different things in different ways your life can be harder than mine your job can be harder than mine nobody said that this was the hardest job in the world they just said it was stressful and it is I've been going for a long ass fucking time, but we do need to talk about what's been happening in the villa, mate. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to be so sad when Love Island is over. Next week is going to be the last week I talk about Love Island. As you're watching this episode, the last week of Love Island is airing. So next podcast episode is going to be the last episode that I talk about Love Island in. I don't know what we're going to talk about next. Some people were asking me if I was going to watch Love Island US. I have never watched Love Island US before because I've heard it's cheeks. But I'm open to maybe watching it. So we ended last week at the beginning of movie night. And this week picked up where we left off. So obviously during movie night, they're showing little videos and snippets of things that happened at Casa Moore when... The two groups were away from each other. Here are my thoughts on what unfolded. Since the I lick tote and whatever <laughs> stuff unfolded with Andrew and Tasha the week before, I kind of felt like they would be fine and they would survive movie night just because it's like she already knows, right? The worst has already been gotten out of the way. If they can survive Andrew licking Coco's titties, then they can survive anything, right? You know, the stuff that they showed in movie night was expected. Nothing was out of what we already knew. But also, there's a part of me that was like, I'm kind of perplexed that they're like still doing fine or whatever. Some people see that as romantic. I don't. <laughs> then we had the clip of Ek and Sue get played where George, one of the boys from Casa Moore, like, we don't know exactly what happened. My hypothesis was that 
I thought they were just like cuddling in bed together and then he got a little excited and started to get a little handsy and she was like whoa we're just friends and so there was a clip of that happening and it it does make Ekansu look suspect but I genuinely don't think that anything happened and she did handle it really well um but obviously Davide right when it happened was like you're a liar. You're a liar. Whatever, doing his little thing. And then Paige whispered to Ekin, um, made some point about how Davide always wants Ekin to be in the red with him because Davide had been kissing other women in Casa more. Like, he was doing more than Ekin Sue was. Um, so instead of him being in the red and him being in the wrong, he has to find a way to bring Ekin down with him so that he never has to take full responsibility for the things that he does. And he can just live in the space of being like, well, you did this to me instead of ever, you know, being like, yes, I also fucked up. Um, sometimes I think Ekin and Davide are cute. Other times I find them cringe. Other times I'm like, eh. and I think it's cause I just don't like Davide that much. I like Ekin though. I'm an Ekin Sue defender. <laughs> Um, and then we had the Gemma and Luca situation where Billy has been flirting with Gemma. Gemma has not been flirting back, but Luca was throwing a fucking fit. I think it's kind of embarrassing that Gemma is more mature than he is considering she's 19 and he's what? 24. Uh, cringe. Then we got to Dami in India, which I was annoyed at the producers for because they did not even show the half of what Dami did. I do not think they gave India the full picture of how Dami was acting in Casa Amor. Um, obviously, they didn't give Paige the full picture of what Jax was doing in Casa Amor, and Dami and Jax were the worst. And they were the worst when they were together, too, when they were broing out and like, <laughs> saying awful things about the girls. I so wish that they would have showed them that because it has been so miserable having to watch India and Dami just like go back to how things were and progress and I'm supposed to sit here and think they're cute. I hate that man. I, and I wanted India so badly to just yell at this man. I have all season been wanting these girls to fight these men so badly and they are just not doing it. This is why I love season five so much because the women of season five let those men get away with nothing, okay? The women of season five would eat the boys of this season alive. Amber, Anna, Mora, the... Those bitches would not let them get away with this. And they needed to cast a few more of those girls because it's quite painful watching men be this disrespectful, this foul. And the women are just like not seeing it, are not really standing up for themselves. And it is, it's, uh, I'm struggling to watch it. It's fucking hard. Um, also, Paige deserves to know how Dami was disrespecting her as well because Paige has been going to Dami for advice and to, like, lean on him, and he's her best friend or whatever. Meanwhile, he was encouraging Jax to disrespect her. What is going on, you guys? <laughs> no. I don't know. And even during movie night, the boys were making me uncomfortable because they were sitting there on the panel, like laughing their asses off at the genuine pain of the girls, which is crazy to me because that indicates that they sincerely don't really think that they've done anything wrong and it's just all jokes to them. Yeah. This season has made me really uncomfortable at times because I just find the boys to be so disrespectful. 
then movie night is over. Gemma and Luca try to have a chat. Luca's being a crybaby and Gemma tells him to shut the fuck up. I lived. I laughed. I loved. Uh, We could have ended the series right there. I thought it was so fucking funny. Adam and Paige kissed for the first time. I'm listen I'm happy that Paige and Jax are over but also I am not entirely rooting for a Paige and Adam relationship because I'm I don't trust that man either but I like Paige I like Ekin I like India I like Tasha I would be happy if any of them won but I also hate all of their boyfriends so really I would be mad if any of them won too really there's no winners this year only losers (laughs) I hate Dami. I think he's so fucking annoying. He didn't apologize to Summer. She literally had to ask him to apologize. India did the same thing later on, by the way. Um, Yeah, I hate him. I think he's so annoying. I think he always plays stupid and acts like he has no idea how his actions impact people. And he doesn't understand women. I'm just a dumb boy. I think it's so stupid. Um, I also wrote here that I think Davide is way too immature for Ekin. He's so immature and doesn't communicate well. And Ekin is just like hypnotized by it because he's hot, which pisses me off because I think Ekin needed to be the Mora of the season. And she's not, she's not giving us Mora. <laughs> Can we talk about Deji? This man is a King. I, the more screen time we got from Deji, the more I was like, he's incredible. And I am so sad that he had been so slept on in the villa because he seems like a genuine nice guy and he always has really good takes too like anytime he's ever gone to one of the girls and been like this is what I think about how you're currently being treated and what you should do like he's always spot on so I just like him and think he's a good one a good egg then we have Dami and Luca again being a bully to Tasha which yeah is super hard to watch This week, Andrew did stand up for her, which was good. I thought that was the right thing to do, and I was glad that he did it. It was, you know, it's already fucking hard to watch Tasha be bullied by these fucking guys. It's harder when her boyfriend doesn't stick up for her. Um, So I'm glad that he did. I don't know why the fuck Luca and Dami can't just shut the fuck up and give it a rest. Um, And then... They did the they did the snog Mary pie challenge and Dami and Luca were being genuinely mean to Tasha when they pied her and then afterwards they were like it's just a joke it's just a game but it's like did you watch the way that the rest of the boys did the challenge particularly Deji did you watch how he pied India how it wasn't mean at all how he was actually joking around and it was funny and it was everyone was ha haing it up do you notice how it wasn't funny when you did it and it was just mean like I I don't know if these men have just like never heard of a real joke before but you can't just like act like an asshole and then when it doesn't land be like oh I was joking though like you weren't let's just be honest about it then we have Danica crying because no one wants to get to know her which broke my heart that made me really sad I hate watching other people cry about feeling unlovable because I'm like ah it hits too close to home I can't watch other people cry about that I just can't then they ended up going to some fucking island party uh Danica and Billy got in a fight and Danica stood up for herself because they basically hooked up the night before and then the day after he's being super rude to her and indifferent and basically saying he's not interested and like you're an ass for that don't hook up with her and do bits if the next day you're gonna wake up and be like um actually I just see you as a friend that's so fucking confusing and rude also he looked like a fucking ass because as she was 
expressing why he hurt her and like trying to explain her pain he was sitting there like stop swearing don't curse at me and it's like what i'm a grown woman don't fucking tell me what i can or cannot say shut the fuck up and then we had an elimination that happened where billy and summer were eliminated and then four new bombshells entered the villa so that's our brief little recap for this week it was a pretty boring week to be honest, not that much happened. Um, and probably not much is going to happen for the rest of the series. Since we're almost done. I'm going to put in my bet right now that I think Ekin and Davide are going to win. But we'll see. I'm traveling to see my family next week, so I'll probably do an episode with my siblings. Or I don't know what I'll do. It might be a little late because I'm going to be not here and I'm going to be editing on my laptop which is notoriously a piece of shit so next week's episode might be a little late (laughs) don't hate me if it is um I love you guys so much thank you so much for listening and I will see you in the next episode bye